Tales of hauntings, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted Twos dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. This week, we focus on a murderous and prolific highway killer and a restless poltergeist terrorizing a family in Pennsylvania. Get ready for Scary Mysteries Twisted Twos. Number one, Patrick Kearney, the freeway killer. Being the oldest often means being more responsible and knowing how to be a role model for younger siblings. But in the case of Patrick Kearney, he was far from a model big brother. Born in Los Angeles in 1939, growing up he was a gangly awkward teen. And as a result, his peers often bullied him. And so Patrick became withdrawn, often fantasizing about killing those that tormented him. After moving around a bit in a brief failed marriage, he moved back to his home state of California, where he finally turned his morbid fantasies into reality. It was the mid-1960s and one after another, the bodies of 10 men were found ditched along the freeways. All of the males left naked and all were shot in the head. Some of the bodies had been cut into pieces and stuffed inside heavy-duty trash bags, and nearly all of them belonged to the local gay community. One victim was 17-year-old John LeMay. Detectives traced the victim's whereabouts prior to his murder and discovered he was last seen with two other people. Patrick, who was 37 at the time and now an electronic engineer at Hughes Aircraft Company, and his lover and roommate, 34-year-old David Hill. Patrick had met Hill after returning to California, but despite the relationship, they would often fight, and during these arguments, Patrick would go out on long, solitary drives, picking up hitchhikers or men in gay bars to kill and murder. His first known victim was a 19-year-old unidentified male in 1962. His M.O. would be to take the victim to a secluded spot, and while they were distracted or asleep, he would shoot them in the head with a 22 caliber Derringer. Sometimes he would pursue necrophilia and sodomize the dead victims using X-Acto knives. Other times he would bring the body home, drain it of the blood, and proceed to hack it into pieces. After that, he would stuff the body into trash bags and dispose of it along various freeways, landfills, and canyons, and later on in deserts, left to be eaten by the animals. Patrick would sometimes beat up his victims post-mortem to satiate his anger and exercise power over them. It's no surprise that some of his victims even bore resemblance to his bullies during his childhood. His brutality was extreme and spared no one as he admitted to killing five-year-old Ronald Dean Smith and eight-year-old Merle Smith, the latter victim he admitted to abducting and smothering before disposing of the body in a national park. Kearney's behavior went largely unnoticed by those around him. His supervisor at Hughes Aircraft said he was a model worker, while those who knew him simply said he was a loner. A local grocery store owner named Jerry Stevens did notice he often bought butcher knives, examining them in detail and asking about their quality, but other than that, he was a regular guy. Patrick's last victim was actually 17-year-old John LeMay in 1977. John had told a neighbor he was heading out to meet a man named Dave, who was in fact David Hill. 
LeMay went to his house and was informed by Patrick that he wasn't home at the moment, but that he could wait inside and watch some TV. Strictly out of habit, Patrick, without provocation, shot LeMay in the back of the head and then hacked the corpse into pieces before throwing it into the desert. When police dropped by to question Hill and Patrick, they were initially cooperative during the interview, but the moment police left, the two fled to Texas. Both their families pled for them to surrender, and so in July of 1977, they walked into the sheriff's office, pointed to their wanted posters, and casually said, We're them. David Hill was found to have no involvement in the crimes and was eventually released. Patrick, however, admitted to the murders and even led police to areas where they found additional victims. In all, he was charged with 21 counts of murder. Police believe he was involved in seven more cases but could not find physical evidence tying him to the victims. Patrick currently remains in the California State Prison, serving 21 life sentences. Number 2. The Smurls Poltergeist Originally from Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania, Jack and Janet Smurl had to move out and relocate to a new house after Hurricane Agnes devastated their home in 1972. Jack's parents, John and Mary, recently bought a new home in West Pittston. It was a duplex and the arrangement was for John and Mary to live on the right half, while Jack, Janet and their four daughters, Dawn, Heather and later on twins Shannon and Karen, would stay in the left half. The home was a bit of a fixer-upper, so the family spent time remodeling it, and for the first 18 months, everything seemed quiet. But then in January of 1974, the Smurls began noticing odd things in the home. Previously fixed water pipes would keep leaking even though a plumber had fixed them, and an unusual stain appeared on a new carpet seemingly without any cause. Toilets would flush at random even without anyone using them, and one evening the television set burst into flames. Additionally, the family found scratches on the bathtub, sink, and woodwork, as if some sort of animal had gouged it. Soon apparitions began to manifest, and the eldest daughter, Dawn, saw people floating around her bedroom. Empty rocking chairs would start swaying, footsteps could be heard all throughout the house, and foul smells would begin to permeate. Despite all this, the Smurls felt leaving would be a defeat, and so they continued to live in the home for several years. In February of 1985, Janet was in the basement doing laundry when she heard her name being called. She looked around the house to see who it was, but she was alone. At another time, while in her kitchen, a faceless man appeared to her. The room went cold and the strange apparition walked right through the wall, then appearing in front of Mary, who was on the other side of the house. Neighbors reported hearing screaming and unusual noises coming from the property, even when they knew no one was there. Eventually, these situations escalated and became physically harmful. A large fan fell from the ceiling, nearly killing Shannon one afternoon. Janet would experience being pulled from the bed, and Jack would wake up paralyzed and gagging from a vile odor. Their dog, Simon, would also be repeatedly lifted up by unseen hands and thrown across the room. 
Feeling defeated by the attacks, the Smurls sought help of demonologist Ed and Lorraine Warren in 1986. The Warrens questioned the family and determined it was possible the spirits or entities were dormant within the home and were awakened as a result of the emotional energy generated by the daughters going through puberty. They identified four spirits, three of which were human, and one was a demon. Attempting to provoke the demon to come out, the Warrens played religious music and chanted prayers. After this, the attacks on the family became more sinister. Jack was molested several times by a succubus, and Janet, as well as Mary, would find unusual scratch and bite marks on their bodies. Dawn was almost killed by a terrible disease, and the demon, it seems, would haunt the family even when outside the home. With nowhere else to turn, they asked the press for help in hopes of finding somebody with answers. Although they initially refused to show their identity, they eventually were uncovered. The Smurls again asked for the help of another medium who corroborated the Warrens in their findings. Mary Alice Rinkman identified four spirits in the home, including that of an elderly woman named Abigail and a dark man with a mustache named Patrick who had killed his wife and lover and later on was hung by the mob. Famous exorcist Bishop McKenna performed a third exorcism in the home, and various prayer groups were spotted in the house. The hauntings did stop for about three months, but right before Christmas in 1986, Jack spotted a black figure beckoning him. That was the final straw, and unable to fight for their home any longer, the Smurls moved out of the house and into a new town. The subsequent owners reported that they never experienced anything strange or supernatural inside. The phenomena reportedly followed the Smurls family to their new residence, however they shied away from the media, and so there's little information on that. So there were a pair of some of the most mysterious and sinister true stories around. The world can be a crazy place, and Twisted Twos is sure to show you why. If you enjoyed this video, then please remember to subscribe to our channel. We have several new scary mysteries coming out every single week that we're sure you'll enjoy. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next week.